The purpose of this podcast is solely for patient education. It is not intended to evaluate, diagnose, treat, or cure disease. Views expressed are those of the podcasters and not their affiliate. Any medical questions or concerns should be addressed by the listener's physician or care provider. Listening to this podcast does not constitute a patient-physician relationship between the listener and the podcaster. We do hope the podcast can help enhance the listener's own medical experience. Welcome back to this week's episode of Everything Your Doc Wants You to Know and Doesn't Have Time to Tell You. of this podcast is to educate and inform about health matters affecting adults. From latest research updates to tips on navigating the healthcare system and everything in between. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Lindsay. How's it going, Lindsay? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Welcome to this week's episode. We're talking about aging well. Yeah. And Lindsay, this is um, certainly something that you talk about quite commonly with your patients. I guess we both do because we all take care of an aging population and um, so maybe let's just go ahead and define aging for our listeners and then we can dig into a little more um, heart of the matter. Yeah, so aging is kind of, um, even on a cellular level, we age. So a, a good definition is the sum of all changes that occur with the passage of time and lead to functional impairment and eventually death. So there's lots of things that affect aging. Yeah, and so um, there are both environmental and genetic factors that can play a role in aging. Some people, because of their genetics, age significantly faster. Others have genetics that predispose them to aging more slowly. And then, of course, environmental um, factors have a big role in aging as well. Certainly life stressors and, and our habits and things we do to ourselves. Exactly, exactly. Another way to think of aging is just the over time, our body is less well at repairing does less well at repairing itself and you lose um, homeostasis so the equal balance between things from you know cellular electrolytes to you know your balance exactly and functioning on a digestion to Mm -hmm. many other things absolutely one thing i would say before we get started is i think to age well you probably ought to think about death a little bit how we want you to die well as well. So I think it's important to, to think about your death and to have conversations with your family about what that what you would want that to look like or be like for yourself. And so I think you, you can't talk about living well without talking how to die, how you would like to die well. And so I think you should take a minute to think about those things and have conversation, have those difficult conversations with your family. Um, you know, some of that is code status, but some of that is what matters most to you. Absolutely. This is really important. I think, um, like you said, you can't really talk about aging well without thinking about what you want the ending to look like. And we can't always alter that or have much to do with it, but we can certainly think about quality of life versus quantity of life and what that balance looks like for an individual. Right. And I think there's some good questions to ask yourself just to to begin thinking about life and the end of life. Um, How long do you think you will live? as an age and if given a fountain of youth pill how long would you like to live in good health yeah it's good i think those answers are going to vary for people i I certainly have patients who say you know 75 is a great long time and that's enough for them and i have others who do want to keep living into their 90s and beyond as long as they're feeling healthy and active and things so it really does vary and i think again it's really important to think about what you as an individual Um, value and let people around you know what's important to you. Another exercise you can do to to help think about your life and what's important to you and end of life is to list three things that you do to promote 
healthy longevity and rank those things, how well you do them, one being I don't do it well at all and five being I got it, I'm nailing it. Right. That's a great exercise because if you're somebody who thinks you do want to live into, you know, 80, late 80s or 90s, then you probably, if you're not doing at least those three things well, you need to look at that and go, okay, what can I do differently here to help promote longevity? And if you're somebody who really doesn't, that's not a goal of yours, then maybe those priorities don't need to be as strong. When we're thinking about When we all think about our lives, we all would like to live at our highest functioning. We, you know, we want to function as well as we can until one day we just die, right? I mean, I think if you talk to anybody, that's how they would want it to be. Um, Unfortunately, we've, there's been lots of research around this topic and, and the majority of us will continue to have knocks in our function. So you'd be knocked down a little bit and knocked down a little bit and, Something like 95% of us will require at least help with one activity of daily living in the last four for the last four years of your life. So and those have activities ad- of daily living like dressing, bathing, toileting, food, things like that. So think about that. 95% of us are going to live four years requiring at least help with one of these tasks: bathing feeding, toileting, dressing. That's a, that's a lot of years, four years. That is a lot of years. And I think I, I can't imagine anyone saying, yes, I look forward to the day when I need somebody to help me do those things. I think most right. of us like to be independent and to be, again, like you said, doing those things on our own as long as we possibly can. So modern medicine is great. We're controlling and mag- managing chronic diseases, right? Because it's there's we're still dying of the same things. Heart disease, COPD, cancers, those are still the main causes of death in the United States. But we're doing so well at managing them that we're living longer and therefore we requiring assistance to live with these things right. in the end. Right. Yeah. So if you're not doing things that promote longevity and you in your head think, you know, longevity is important to you, then maybe relook at how you're prioritizing your activities and see what you can do to make some changes there. And we will talk about, um, you know, diet and things coming up here that do promote longevity. Right. So when they've looked at genetics and longevity, you think, you know, my genes probably have a lot to do with how long I'm going to live, but but only 25% of longevity is is because of your genetic makeup. And the other 75% is environmental. So things that you are doing to yourself or things that occur to you throughout right. your life. So some of that is where you live, you know, the pollu- air pollution, stress. The food that you're eating, exactly. the people you're surrounded by. And we'll talk about some somewhat surprising facts here right. that um, are things that contribute to longevity And I'll quick say that the life expectancy currently in the United States uh, for all comers is 78.7 years. For females, it's still a little bit longer, 81 years. And for males, 76 years, the average life expectancy. I think um, these numbers have been relatively stagnant, too, in the United States over time. And I think there are lots of different reasons for that. But we can dig into this a little bit more. A lot of... You know, we have done a lot of studies, various groups about longevity, but I think a really 
um, notable group is um, National Geographic and their books called The Blue Zones and they have websites and several books and but it's um, they found seven places in the world where people lived the longest. Right so they looked at population studies around the world and found these localized groups of people that lived longer than people around them and people anywhere else in the world. And so then they took a look at what are these groups of people doing that are enabling them to live longer. And we'll talk about right now what they found. So in these groups of people, and maybe we can list some of those locations too, just so people Uh, have an idea of that. So the only place in the United States is Loma Linda, California. And uh, we'll find out many reasons why that is the case. Um, Loma Linda is a community of people who uh, have the Seventh-day Adventist faith. And and so they're uh, vegetarian Mm -hmm. um, as part of their culture. Um, and their way of life, but we'll learn about some other things. Other areas of the world? Yeah, so there's Nicoya, Costa Rica, Sardinia, Italy, Ikaria, Greece, and Okinawa in Japan. And so all of these places kind of had these common features um, where people were living longer. And so I think the, the biggest thing they found out is the people in these areas move more naturally. So um, most of them, they're not a lot of cars, they're walking um, to get where they need to go or they're out farming in the fields. Um, so yeah. not they're moving naturally. Right. And then the people in these populations had a sense of purpose. And what we found is having that sense of purpose or belonging can add seven years to life expectancy. That's just quite huge. significant. Yeah. yeah. So just feeling like you have a reason to be alive, feeling like you're contributing to society Same. does add to life expectancy. In these communities, they're very good at knowing how to downshift or de-stress um, and just calm and relax and have fun. Um, and that's we know that stress equals inflammation in the body, which contributes to disease. Right. So um, de-stressing is very important. And I think in some of our previous episodes, we've spent a little time on that. We definitely anticipate future episodes where we do that more right. as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And then in Okinawa, they follow the 80% rule or Harahachibu, and pardon my pronunciation, but the the saying is that you stop eating when you're 80% full, and that's a great rule, so you don't wait until you've stuffed yourself to quit eating. You eat when you're starting to feel full, then they quit eating, which is good advice for all of us. Right. Most of their diet consists of plant-based proteins, and so, you know, not all of them are vegetarian, but certainly pork is it eaten only five times per month, if that much? Um, red meat, maybe not so much at all. And then chicken, fish, and then beans as their main source of protein. Right. <laughs> and in these groups, they um, do consume moderate alcohol. Usually it's, they say wine at five. And this is done especially with friends. So there's a social aspect yeah. of it too. It's and not think, just the act of drinking. It's right. I consuming think moderate with friends. With friends, exactly. Yeah. And specifically uh, red wine in the majority of these places. So there's probably something right with the antioxidants there. Exactly. Possibly. Exactly. Yeah. I thought the next finding was interesting. They found that people who attend faith-based services four times per month added 14 years to their life expectancy. That's huge. That's quite amazing, really. So if you haven't, important. you know, if you don't have some kind of faith in your life, Certainly seeking that out is important too. 
Um, the other is the cultural idea that loved ones come first. So your life partner, your aging parents, your children all live close by. So it's multi-generational living and caring for each other. Yeah, they surround themselves closely with family and then friends. And um, right. I think maintaining that tightly knit community really does help and offer support and probably mm-hmm. reduces stress in some in most cases right. and yeah yep. so the the right tribe they also talk about so you're surrounding yourself with people who have the same ideas on exercise and health healthy living um not smoking those kinds of things right and so again one of those things where i know i've had patients who are smoking and they say it's hard because at work their co-workers are going out and right. taking those smoke breaks and so Finding the right tribe, finding the people who are following healthier behaviors, maybe those who are going to do a quick pickup game at lunch instead of going out for a smoke break are the people you want to be spending time with. Exactly. So I think we can learn a lot from from their digging into and and studying doing ob- observational studies of these um, areas in the world. And then we've certainly done studies outside of that that have looked at um, all of these things as well. And, and it confirms right. that it, it makes sense, I think, as well, that these ideas make sense. Certainly, um, exercise, we've done lots of lots and lots of studies on exercise and and um, it can add years of independence to the end of your life. Um, both aerobic, non-aerobic, mm-hmm. strength training. High intensity interval training. Yep. yep. The mm-hmm. balance stuff. So even Tai Chi and uh, yoga. Yoga. Yeah. And those, right, those are great because they, in addition to helping with balance and strength, right. they help with stress reduction. Stress reduction. I would say most exercise does. Right. And then the other thing we've done lots of studies on outside of, of this blue zones is diet. And we certainly know that Mediterranean, so the diet that is more plant um Based proteins, less red meat, less processed food, more colorful fruits and vegetables. Healthy oils, like right. olive oil. Yeah. Um, is, is much better for not only heart, cardiovascular health, which we've talked about before, but brain health mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there's good research on that. And I think the research on diet is only expanding right now. So we right. are living at an interesting time in that regard. In addition, I think in our population in the United States, uh, an important thing it's to control. I mean, we're all going to have some health issues that come up. And the important thing is controlling them. So if you have high blood pressure, make sure you're doing regular visits. You're controlling that. You're monitoring that so that you're not only doing the health promotion things to control that blood pressure, but if you need medication to control it, you're doing that. Yeah, disease management and prevention to prevent the complications that might shorten your lifespan. So you know, diabetes by itself, if it's controlled, people can do very well for a long time. But if you do start developing various complications, that can affect things in a significant way. What about supplements? So what does the research say on supplements in terms of improving longevity and increasing health as we age? I think the most important take that we're finding from a lot of studies currently that have looked at things that have had positive results in the past is that we need to get these things naturally in our diet. So even calcium, um, we need calcium. We need at least four servings of calcium-containing foods in a day. 
Um, if you can't get that because you don't like all the calcium containing foods, then you should take a supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing goes for, um, you know, B12. If you're deficient in B12 and, and then you need to supplement that, that's an, kind of an important one for strength and balance and brain health and blood counts. Um, but outside of those things, vitamin D, I think is important. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting it from the sun or from foods you eat, then you need to supplement that. But if you, you are getting it in your diet, that's naturally, that's the best way for you. Right. Right. And I think exactly. I think if you can get those things naturally, it's safer and healthier than taking a supplement. Right. So certainly that's the way we would recommend. How about omega-3s? There are you know different studies out on omega-3s, which is fish oil and um, krill oil and things like that. And I think in theory, omega-3 right. supplements make great sense. In reality, we haven't seen that pan out in research. And it does appear like you have to eat those foods right. to get the benefits right. from it. You know, that's how it's panning out. We've had recently a lot of negative studies on that uh, compared to several positive in the past. Mm-hmm. And there was one new positive, but it was a very specific subtype. Yes. Yeah. Of, of the omega-3. So it's, we'll see. We, we're still doing studies, I'm sure, on that one to see where we end up. But right now, I would say... Eat fish. It, exactly. Eat the healthy fish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, there's been absolutely, there's been several studies and been found to be no benefit whatsoever on, of ginkgo biloba on memory health, cognitive health. So ginkgo biloba, it would be a waste of time. The new supplement Prevagen um, also has no evidence base behind it. So no positive evidence-based data done in a very scientific manner to prove it's, it's worth it's difficult because with brain health especially, we don't have a lot of good treatments or answers right. to really help improve that. And we all would like that. And so it's easy for companies to put something out and say, hey, this is going to help. They're going to make a profit. A lot of money. Yep. Um, it's not a well-regulated industry, so it's we don't know exactly what they're putting in. And they've done studies of anything from omega-3 vitamin D to the CBD oils where they've looked at what they're claiming is in there and then studying pills and actually what's in there, a lot of it is filler. Often you're not even getting 5% of what they're claiming you're getting. So it's just not regulated. And there is evidence that Chinese herbalists actually have shorter lifespan than people who just eat healthy. Yeah. So it's much more important to eat a healthy, well-balanced diet than to um, spend time and money on supplements. Right. about sleep and its impact on longevity sleep is certainly important um, and I think people if you ask the people who are living well into their 90s they've not had some of the issues that many people do with sleep so certainly sleep disorders like obstructive sleep apnea we need to be um, evaluating people for that diagnosing it and treating it um, which is probably underdiagnosed and treated yeah on a pretty grand scale, I would say. So something to think about. Um, But just good quality sleep, getting, having a regular regimen and um, schedule and getting good restorative sleep is necessary. Yeah. I think the other thing that has been really interesting in these studies is that 
attitude seems to have an impact on longevity as well. Right, and I have a grandmother who actually in December turns 105. Wow, that's and amazing. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. When you ask her what, why she's lived so long and done so well, she's independent. She has somebody who comes in and helps her, but she's quite independent. Um, she will say she chose to be happy. So happiness is a choice, and there, I think there's lots of books out about that. Um, but she would say she chose to be happy, she laughed every day. Um, she stayed socially engaged and relevant. I mean, she learned, she's on Facebook. Um, so she tries to learn and keep up with her grandkids and her great grandkids. Uh, she's still part of, of groups like church circle and, you know, she was involved in the Humane Society. So things that mattered to her, she still she's became a part of. Going, yep. Yep. So she kept her purpose yep. and and stayed engaged, and her sense of adventure. So she said she always kept her sense of adventure. So when she was 90, we went on a family trip, and she went on the zip line That's tour so with us amazing. all. So I think you got to always learn new things, and and so we learn from, from Gigi Fran those things. That's really incredible. Yeah, and so I think big takeaways are, you know, have that positive attitude, take time to de-stress and do things that you enjoy and that make you laugh. Get that exercise, that, you know, natural movement plus regular consistent exercise, following mm-hmm. a healthy diet, you know, and especially, again, the research that we have right now still says the Mediterranean diet is going to be the most beneficial. Right. Laugh and find an adventure, new adventure, learn something new. Yeah. And I always try to help my patients, you know, if they don't feel like they have a purpose, what do you like to do? Do you like to read? Do you like to tell stories? Can you still write your stories or can you dictate stories for your family? They're going to want these. They want those. Yeah, they do. It's really important. Or if you are active still and, you know, can volunteer, then getting involved in different things in the community can be really powerful for you and the people you're helping. Right. And I think the the younger generations need to learn from you. And maybe they don't know it yet, but they can learn so much from you. So I learn so much from my patients every day. And and if we all could could learn from from our elders, I think the world would be a better place. So get out there and teach people Share your what stories. you know. Yes, yes. Just your life experiences. You don't have to. It's just things you've been through. Teach teach us all a lot. So. Yeah. So Lindsay, do we have a health pearl for this week? Yeah, and I'm gonna let you. Uh, Tell us about it since you've been engaged in it the last week. All right. So I wanted to talk about the importance of getting outside. And, you know, some people have kind of loosely described this term called nature deficit disorder, which is they're saying, you know, kids are more depressed, have more behavior issues and things because they're just not getting outside in nature enough. And I think that's probably true for most of us in our culture. So we know spending time outside in nature um, can help with depression, anxiety, stress. It can help lower blood pressure. It has really a lot of positive health values. It It can actually help with sleep at night too. Right. And so, yeah, I, this last week we were fortunate to be out in the mountains and hiking more than five miles every, every other day or so with our kids. And it was just really good for all of us to be out there. And yeah, it feels good. I know, um, I just love breathing mountain air and, and I know whenever, when you are spending those days outside on the weekends too, you just sleep, you do sleep so much better. Yeah. Yeah. If I could take 
patients on hikes. That would be my right. dream job, right? Just taking uh, my patients and saying, okay, this week we're going on a hike here and meet me here. It would be so cool and so good for all of us. It would. We probably need to prescribe things like that more often. I think that's so true. Yes. We need to bring out the old prescription pads and write exercise, go outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. So that's absolutely. what we'll do yep. this week. Yep. So this week, let's get outside. <laughs> all right. so much for listening if you find this podcast to be beneficial please help us out by subscribing you can subscribe on apple podcasts and google play writing a review will also help other listeners find us and so we appreciate that we want to know other topics you're interested in that we can put together a show for you um, so email us at www.everythingdoc.com that's yep. everything e-b-e-r-y-t-h-i-n-g doc doc.com you can also find us on facebook and twitter and if you can follow us or join our facebook page that um, certainly we're trying to create a community of healthy lifestyle and so we appreciate your input and comments and um, just joining in our community have a great week and get outdoors bye bye